You are listening to Impact and Inspire, a PR Chicks podcast with your host, Naomi Garrick. This podcast will shine the spotlight on individuals from around the world that continue to have a positive impact and influence on the lives of others through their unique journey. We will hear stories of courage, determination, and grit, and how sometimes all it takes is a word of encouragement or inspiration to move forward. If you are inspired by this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share with a friend that needs to be impacted today. Okay, so welcome to what I believe is the first episode of my podcast, and it is called Impact and Inspire, and it's a PR Chicks podcast, and I'm your host, Naomi Garrick. So I've been thinking about creating a podcast for probably since last year when I started getting into them. And I guess maybe procrastination or because I've been doing so many different things that I just didn't start it. I've bought all this equipment. I have lapel mics. I have like this puffy pink sound microphone thing. I have a pink standing mic on my desk. Um, and have all these different plugins and stuff. I've had the Anchor app for quite a while. And I don't know, I just didn't start it. And so, if you know me, when I make a decision to do, to really do something, I'm just gonna do it. So I'm at home now and I'm halfway in my pajamas, halfway in whatever and i decided i'm gonna record my first podcast tonight and i'm just gonna use this one to talk a little bit about why i wanted to start the podcast what you can expect and a little bit about my journey to the point that i'm at right now and as i started to get set up for this podcast let me just disclaimer um i have neighbors with dogs so we may hear them throughout the podcast just fyi but one of the things, there we go. But what I realized was, as I started to get everything ready for the podcast, was that iPhones no longer have the sockets to accommodate all the things that I bought. So my mic won't work with the new iPhone. My lapel mic won't work with the new iPhone. I'm now gonna have to probably purchase tomorrow some kind of outlet so that I can um, plug in all these other things. So for the podcast, I'm literally just using my camera, my phone. I'm using my AirPods. Hopefully this will help with the sound and clarity. And that's it. So let me tell you about why I wanted to do this podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, my favorites would be Lewis Howe's The School of Greatness, Oprah's Super Soul Sundays, um, Girl Boss Radio, um, so many more. But And then people recommend podcasts to me all the time. Um, I'm a big reader, so I'm always reading all kinds of things. You'll see some books behind me that's just one small shelf. There's actually a shelf above it with more, and there's more in my living room, and there's more in my bedroom, and we have two bookshelves in the office. I'm always reading, I'm trying to learn from people's experiences um, and to be impacted and inspired in a positive way. 
And when I was trying to decide what to talk about on my podcast, because I didn't want to just do a podcast, just do a podcast. And of course, top of mind, I'm like, okay, let me talk about personal branding and let me interview some people that I think have really powerful personal brands, starting here in Jamaica and then, of course, trying to interview other people outside of the island. But I wasn't so motivated by that idea. And I think that there is so much more to me than just personal branding. I mean, that's super new for me within the last year and a half. And so I wanted to speak more about, you know, how you can be inspired and impacted in a positive way. I believe my driving force is really to inspire others through my journey. And that's why I will start this episode with my journey because um, that's what I know and hopefully somebody will be impacted in a positive way by the end of the podcast and so I came up with impact and inspire and really the purpose of this podcast is to interview different types of individuals from different backgrounds different experiences and just to really sh for them to share their own unique journey because we all have a very unique journey we could all be the lead actors and actresses in our very own feature film but sometimes we choose not to share all the things in our story that actually make us the individuals that we are today my favorite quote is the journey is the reward because everything that has happened in your life the good things the bad things the not so great things they all make you the individual that you are today. And so when we look back on these experiences and realize that maybe if this didn't happen this way, I wouldn't be standing here today or I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing right now. And so I want to use other people's stories as a way to impact and inspire. Even if it's one person with every podcast, the fact that someone else's story can make a positive impact or make a difference in someone's life is important to me. And so that's really the genesis of why I'm doing this podcast and what we'll be talking about in the different episodes. I already have a wish list of some amazing people that I'm really looking forward to interviewing. Some of them are my friends, some are colleagues, some are people that I've just admired from afar. And you know, what I really want to find out is not just about their journey, but I want to know how, how have they been impacted by other people? Who has inspired them? And also, how will they continue to inspire others? What's the legacy that they want to leave? And so, I guess we'll get into episode one of Impact and Inspire, a PR Chicks podcast hosted by Naomi Garrett. That's me. So, I don't know if I'm going to record all of them, but I wanted to test this out to see if my phone and the AirPods and my little tripod and if everything could work. Um, so, we'll see how it goes after this. But I wanted to share a little bit about my journey. So, for those who know me, um, you may know me as the founder of Garrett Communications, PR agency, or you may know me as the PR chick, personal branding coach, or maybe you remember me from Spanish Course Hotel, or from RETV, or even as a former Miss Jamaica fashion model. And so I want to talk a little bit about just that journey to where I am today and where it all started. 
and so I think I'll start with and I've been recently sharing this story because uh, yeah I think it's, it's, it's interesting and important to share but I would start my story probably at about the age 14 15 whatever age here in Jamaica you have to make that decision as to what do you want to do in your life because you need to pick your subjects to do your CXE examinations I don't even think it's called CXEs anymore and at that age I mean I know there are some people who know exactly what they want to do and who they want to be I mean my father knew he wanted to be an artist from the age of seven well at 14 15 maybe 13 I absolutely had no idea what I wanted to be I know at some point in my life I wanted to be a flight attendant because my mother used to be a flight attendant with Air Jamaica and then I remember going on a plane as a very young person and I threw up as the plane took off and then I decided okay so maybe I don't want to be a flight attendant I still don't enjoy flying you know I do it because it's necessary to get to the places I need to go but travel is not something that I like I like to just arrive at the destination so I knew that wasn't it for me um, and so at that point I really didn't have a clue and so you get to this point where you have to choose these eight subjects that are now supposed to shape the rest of your life and they will determine what college or university you go to and what's your career path I had no idea so I kind of just picked a bunch of different subjects I picked a language um, definitely didn't do accounting that's not my area of expertise um, I did uh, I don't remember language English language literature math Spanish principles of business geography I read it his, history no no I don't think I did history I don't remember what else but it was eight subjects and I kind of just picked them based on what I was already good at and then you had to just put in some filler subjects and I figured okay you must know business so principles of business okay great so did those subjects I didn't do extremely well I think <laughs> I definitely got a couple threes and at that time threes were not accepted as passes so I almost didn't get into sixth form at St. Andrew High School for girls I think we were on a list and I think because of some relationships that's how I actually got in and so now so I've done the CXE subjects still not sure what I want to do and now you're going into sixth form and you have to pick subjects again that are going to determine what you study at university and I don't think any of the subjects I picked had anything to do with what I ended up studying at university. I think I did a general paper, which is like, I think like English language, sociology, economics, and I don't remember. Was it three? Could have been three or four. And oh, I did literature because I really love literature. That's the only thing I thought I wanted to do. I thought. I could have been a literature teacher because of my love for books and for storytelling um, but I started hearing people talking about hospitality and hotel and tourism management and living in Jamaica with tourism as our number one industry at the time I was like oh maybe I could do this and then people started saying 
oh, well, you know, I think you have the personality for the hospitality industry. Um, I'm not sure what that personality was. I know in high school, I was known for being very enough. Um, in Jamaica, that means very extra. And so maybe people thought because of my enoughness, I would fit in with the hospitality and hotel and tourism scene. And so I kind of ran with it because again, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And then one of my close friends at the time, Tony Ann, she was going to do the same thing too. So I'm like, okay, great. This is what we're going to study, hospitality and tourism. Um, I applied for both UE and UTEC. Uh, UTEC responded first. So you kind of just go with who you get the first response from. And at the time, they were doing a four-year degree in hotel and tourism management. And it was a joint degree program with UE and UTEC. We were the guinea pigs. So it was exciting. Quite a few of my friends from Andrews were going and I figured this is what I wanted to do, hospitality. And so I did the program. During that time, I actually entered the Miss Jamaica Fashion Model Competition. Another area that I kind of went in because people said that they thought I could be a model. It's not something that I was entirely excited about or um, it's not, it just, it wasn't something that piqued my interest really um, but I guess maybe maybe you could say I was easily influenced at that stage of my life but I did it and I won the competition so in the middle of school I did this stint um, with Pulse won the competition Miss Jamaica Fashion Model 20, 2000 um, so that's quite quite a long time ago um, and almost almost 20 years ago 19 years ago and it was an interesting experience but I knew that it wasn't for me so I mean I did the competition and I was back at school and during that time at school I didn't really let's just say that to this day accounting mathematics statistics not subjects that I really enjoy and I struggled with them a lot in university. Give me a reading subject any day, psychology, even economics. Um, I love that. I love stuff that I can read but things that I have to calculate, that's not for me. Formulas, yuck. And so I actually completed four years of this joint degree program in hotel and tourism management and I did not graduate. I didn't get a degree because I failed at the time of graduation. I think I had three courses outstanding. Could have been math, statistics, and one of the accounting subjects. And then what happens with hotel and tourism with that program is that you do internships at different properties and hotels. My first internship was at the Round Hill Hotel. Um, which was a really great experience that was actually the same year that I entered the competition and then my final internship was actually with the Terranova Hotel and it should have been a six-week internship and I ended up being asked to stay on full-time after two weeks in sales and banqueting as a sales and banqueting coordinator so that was pretty awesome but at the same time I had actually applied for the training manager program with super clubs and for those that remember super clubs it was i'm not sure if it was the largest hotel chain even bigger than sandals but they were definitely both the top 
hotel chains in the Caribbean and everyone in my class was trying to well most of us in that space you're either trying to get into super clubs training manager program or sandals training manager program because with the program you work with the company for i believe two or three years and you work as a training manager in different roles at the different hotels not just in jamaica but across the island and it's just a great opportunity to learn so you don't get a salary which is fine because they pay for everything you live on property um you get gratuity i mean food everything and you get this experience that you really can't pay for and then what happens is after the contract is over or after that period of training is over then you're guaranteed a job in a managerial role so it kind of fast tracks you into that position in the industry and so i had applied for super clubs went through an interview process that included three different interviews and i got the opportunity to be a training training manager for super clubs and i started at grand leader Braco. Grand Leader Braco at the time was a part of the Lido chain of resorts. So those would have been the more premium hotels out of the Super Clubs groups. So there was Grand Leader Sans Souci, Sans Souci in Ocho Rios, Grand Leader Braco and Grand Leader Negril, the flagship. And so my experience started actually in the sales department, which was interesting um, because I was coming out of sales and banking. Should have been just a couple of weeks, but it ended up being like five months I can't remember what was happening in that department why they kept me in that department for so long but I believe a sales manager was traveling or was on vacation but I ended up being in that space for a while learning the ropes which was great Brackway is a fabulous property and I had great people teaching me and then I remember their the general managers for all the properties properties met once a month at a different hotel and it happened to be granito braco um and what i do try to bring to any space so remember i don't have a degree so i'm kind of self-conscious about what i'm bringing to the table um because i thought that people would judge me because i didn't have this thing in hand um so i would always go the extra mile in everything that i did my personality remains the same I guess enough um, and so I was always eager to learn eager to help very friendly relationships are super important to me um, I tell people all the time that I will treat the groundsman or gardener the same way that I would treat the CEO or the general manager of the hotel it's relationships with people and when I worked at these different properties and I'll go into a little bit more in a minute those were the people that I had the best relationships with the housekeepers the waiters the bartenders those are the people that i related to and i think that has a lot to do with how i was raised and also my experience at andrews and so when those gms came i don't remember how i happened to interact with some of the gms from the different properties but i do remember getting a call for a meeting with the general manager from granito negril and he offered me a job on the spot to break my contract as a training manager, move to Negril, which is a flagship resort for super clubs, and to become a sales manager. Getting a sales manager salary, um, living on property in beautiful Negril, and also breaking this contract so that I can really get paid. 
and also i would be the sales manager for northeast usa canada japan the caribbean can't remember where else and that would mean that i would have to travel to northeast usa to meet with different travel agencies to talk about the grand leader properties and why they should send their um potential clients there so it was very exciting for some i mean i was 20 i would have been 20 two or 23 at the time um so it was like an adventure for me so i went there open mind very excited very eager um but i realized soon after that when your lecturers tell you that your when your lecturers tell you that working in the hotel industry is a 24-hour industry it really is it really becomes that way especially if you live on property which i did and so you have to really 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 love what you're doing to be in a space like that where you could have 14 days straight with no day off and just constantly going back to back to back and that's what happens when you have groups that come to the property and they buy out the whole property. And if it's from your territory, then you're kind of responsible for them. If they're here for seven days, you're on call for the seven days. You are assisting with everything that they're doing. And so there was a period where I had groups from my territories back to back two weeks, almost three weeks. And I ended up getting really sick. Um, sick. My hair started breaking, so this was before. This actually was the reason why I cut my hair, and I haven't looked back, um, because I was getting physically sick. So I remember waking up one morning and I went to the doctor and I actually had tonsillitis and bronchitis at the same time. My hair was breaking and dropping out. My hair at that time, I think, would probably be maybe about, maybe about hair, and then I cut it to hair, and then I just had to cut it off because the, the breakage was so bad and it was stress related. Also, in the back of my head, I knew I needed to complete my degree and I needed to go back to Kingston and try and figure out how I was gonna do these subjects. And so with all of that happening, um, stress related, I also had some not great experiences um, working at the property and it was just a combination of factors and i was ready to come back to kingston only problem was i was coming back to kingston knowing at the time that i didn't want to work in the hotel industry anymore but also knowing that but you don't have a degree and that's what you studied and then also knowing that there was no job waiting for me in kingston i just knew i needed to get out of this space and move back to kingston came back to kingston i think i signed up to do trying to sum up the courses um that still didn't work out very well um i have a very close friend of mine her parents own waterfalls in kingston and they gave me an opportunity to work with them for a while while i was trying to figure out my life and during that period i actually met kimani robinson and at the time he had just started retv i think that could have been like a year into the company and they were about to launch jen and jamaica news network and they were looking for a sales and marketing manager. Now, I don't really have any marketing experience, but I now have some sales experience coming out of Terra Nova and coming out of Superclubs. 
working in the sales department during my period at Bracco and also at Grand Eden and the Grills. So I applied for the job and I, I mean, I had a in-person interview and I got the job on the spot and I ended up working there for almost four and a half years as a sales and marketing manager and in other capacities too. I think I learned a lot from Kimani and that's where my relationships with people in different industries really started to grow and blossom like real relationships and I mean it's interesting now because the people that were brand managers at the time are now all either marketing directors or they have their own businesses or some of them are even managing directors so it's really amazing to see everyone's growth and transformation during that time um, so while I was at RETV, it was a great time for me. I thought I was at the prime of my life. And then at 25, I got pregnant with my son. And that created a whole other shift for me in trying to decide what am I doing right now with the rest of my life. I knew that I really didn't want to be in the entertainment space anymore because... I just had a different, it's almost, for me, it was almost like an immediate mindset shift. And I knew that this wasn't what I wanted. Um, still no degree in hand. So it's like, where are you gonna go? But I was trying to figure it out at the same time. And had my son, life changed. Um, I was now responsible for a whole life other than mine another human being that totally depended on me and I wasn't sure what I was really doing um, but I knew that I didn't want to be in that entertainment space I didn't want to have to go to events I didn't want to have to I just didn't want to be there in that environment anymore I wanted something that to me at the time would give me a little bit more stability of course more money um, and maybe some flexibility and so two things happened Toward the end of my time being at RETV, I, um, we used to work a lot with Dexter Pottinger, who was the, a makeup artist and a stylist. And at the time, he was doing a lot of music videos for um, Tiffa and, oh my God, there were these two other girls, Timberly, and there's Natalie Storm, right? So he was styling their videos and one day he said to me you know he's working with this artist and he thinks she's great but she needs a good publicist and it was tiffa and he said to me you know i believe you would be perfect for her i think you should consider being her publicist and i didn't really do pr at the time maybe i did a couple press releases for retv when we were announcing something new um and I also used to write for the Teenage Observer, but that would have been really it. But he was so confident in my ability to do this that I said, okay, I'm gonna try it. And so I remember walking to Samsa's bookstore because we were in New Kingston and Google wasn't really a thing yet. So I walked to Sansa's bookstore and I bought all the books I could find about being a publicist, including PR for Dummies. And I started learning more about the industry and who the players were. And what I started to realize as I started doing my own research is that, wait a second, you've been in media for 
at that time maybe two three years and because I was I've always been such a big believer on just relationship and just really connecting with people in a real way um, I developed some real relationships with different people in the media landscape um, the people that make decisions so the editors the producers the writers um, the gatekeepers and not only did I have relationships with these individuals but I worked in media so I knew from behind the scenes what people were interested in and so I was able to create content that would have been of value to a producer or a writer or an editor and would also be of value to their audience so I knew from an entertainment standpoint what they would be looking for and then I had access to those people to share the information and so the more I started seeing um, articles, articles coming out in the papers or an interview being picked up or someone picking up one of our stories I was just like okay it looks like you have something here and so other artists started approaching me to do their PR too becoming their publicist and so that's where direct communications really started like I wish I had my first logo here to show you but I'll probably post it <laughs> um, it was actually done by critic and Katie and Christy and if you look at it we totally just took the GQ logo and put my brand colors and probably added a little something to it but it was really just it was a GQ logo but GC thanks critic um, <laughs> the logo is different now because my brother who also is an artist or a graphic designer he does so many things he saw it and he's just like you cannot be using the GQ logo as your logo and he created my awesome logo which we're still using 10 years later um, where was I articles coming out and stuff right so I realized that I actually had I had I had something here and so other artists started asking me to do PR publicity work for them and so that was great and so I was making some additional revenue on the side and building more relationships um, but then again Ajani's here now I don't really want to have to be dealing with artists and entertainers and following up with all these different things I wanted a different space but not sure what to do because okay this thing is going well but you don't want to be in entertainment what are we gonna do you don't have a degree where are you gonna apply to work and then the Spanish Court Hotel was opening and my really good friend Leanne Godfrey was going to be working there as the general manager I don't remember if she started as general manager don't remember that but she let me know that they were looking for a corporate communications manager set up an interview with Mr. Issa. Um, I don't have corporate communications experience. Remember, I just started doing PR. But I had developed really strong media relations and I have hospitality experience. So my hotel and tourism experience is coming back to play. So yes, I said I didn't want to work in the hotel industry, but I'm working in a different capacity. So I applied for the job as corporate communications manager. I got the job on the spot. I dressed the part, well, at least what I thought a corporate communications manager should look like. So I presented myself as if I was already this corporate communications manager. Um, 
but I was really winging it and got the job. And I ended up working there for about three months, three to four months um, as a part of the opening. While I was there, again, learned a lot. Also learned that maybe this industry is not for me. Um, after about three or four months, I ended up doing, well, I made a decision to start my own PR agency. Working with Spanish Course Hotel was a great experience because it exposed me to lifestyle PR. I mean, I've known Nova McDonald-White, who is the senior associate editor, lifestyle editor at the Jamaica Observer. But my relationship with her really started to blossom when I started working at Spanish Course Hotel. And I started to understand more about the lifestyle PR space. And I realized that there was an opportunity in this industry because at the time there weren't many players. There were a lot of advertising agencies that maybe had one or two um, PR account executives, but didn't focus heavily on PR. And then there were a few PR agencies. So there was just like Procom, which is Jean Laurie Chin, who is like the most amazing woman. Um, there were people like Marcia Erskine. Um, and then, there was also Danielle Terrell on DRT Communications. She had opened her agency a year before. She's actually one of the individuals I consulted with when I decided I wanted to go in that space. And so I thought there was an opportunity to open an agency that focused solely on public relations. And I refer to it as boutique. It's still boutique today, um, but at the time I just said boutique because it sounded great and it was small and boutique at the time really just means Naomi Garrick. Um, so I decided to, delve into the world of entrepreneurship. I didn't know, I didn't know anything really about being an entrepreneur. I mean, my parents are entrepreneurs, um, but it's not something I studied. I didn't study business. I didn't know I should have saved six months of my salary before I jumped off into this world. I really just didn't know. Um, I just made a decision and I stuck to it. I wanted to be able to have the flexibility to spend more time with my son, um, do things like pick him up from school, all those fun things um, and so what had happened was when I started my agency I only had a couple things I had a logo thanks Ness I had some logo polo shirts white polo shirts black pants um, some nice black shoes I had my laptop uh, Blackberry a camera because we didn't really have smartphones yet and that was my office and I remember when I decided to go off on my own one of the writers from the Flair magazine had approached me about doing a story um, about just my journey um, and about this journey to entrepreneurship and they asked if they could write this article I was like sure I have no office I just started it's funny because I just look back at the pictures two days ago because i'm going to post some of those pictures from that story and i was looking at what i was wearing first of all my hair was cut like this but it was a hot mess and i'm looking at the picture and i'm noticing that my belt was literally like shredding so you if i post the picture you'll see it i was not ready but i thought i was ready because honestly, I just couldn't afford it either. I was like, I had no money and I was just trying a thing. And they decided to do this article 
and I did it at the Spanish Court Hotel because I still had a great relationship with the hotel. And when I asked if I could do the photo shoot there, they're like, sure. Um, the story ended up being the cover of the Flair magazine and it was like a two-page article just about my transition into PR and this journey and what it means for me. And that's why I got my first client. My first client was Victoria Mutual Building Society. Um, someone had, actually it was Rejan, she's now at Sagicor. She had read an article about, read the article and approached me about PR because they needed a consultant or like um yeah pretty much a consultant not it wasn't even consultant because i really wasn't consulting yet but they needed someone for pr um and i ended up working with them i don't know maybe two years um as a consultant so i was in-house for a little bit and not in-house for a while and that actually showed me the power of PR as well. The fact that coming out of this story about my journey and what I'm doing now, that's how I landed my first official client, paying client, the client that could now pay my bills. Like, I remember I feel like I used to run down VMBS for the checks, not because the checks weren't ready on time, but it's just because I had bills that needed to be paid. And um, I can't remember the name of the chicken accounts um, that handled that stuff for VM Odette. Oh my God. I think I used to like 25th of the month, I would be the first person calling. Hey, do you know if the check is ready? Because I need to pay these bills. But the great thing is that here we are 10 years later and we've never advertised our business. It has always been through referrals and recommendations and word of mouth. So that's really, really amazing to me and it started with that article so i'm still super grateful to the flair magazine we still have an awesome relationship as the editors change we still have um great relationships with them and so that's where garrett communication started it started as a company of one um we're now a company of four um it has changed throughout the years where i would have one person and then i'd be back to naomi and then i would have another person and then I'll be back to Naomi and then we had I had Jamie Spence who was amazing Jamie worked with me for maybe three or four years she was absolutely fantastic um and then I think now I actually have my dream team I have a really great team of girls that work with me so big up to the PR chicks Alicia Janelle and Keisha who is the newest member she's our PA chick um so Garrett Communications has been an interesting experience. It hasn't always been great. Um, we are still learning to this day. Um, still learning to this day. And I remember the early stages of entrepreneurship. Um, I think, I guess this probably would have been one of my really, really, really low points. Remember I had mentioned earlier that I didn't have money saved for stuff. And I was relying on not very many clients to pay all of my bills. And at the time, I had a car that I should have been making monthly payments on. And I think I allow, allowed a few payments to pass. And I didn't really know that, you know, if you didn't make your payments every month, that they could actually come back for the vehicle. So that story was really not great for me. I remember 
dropping my son to preschool. They had a bake sale that day. I was responsible for bringing cupcakes or something. And I had gone back to my mom's house to pick up the cupcakes to drop them to school. And I remember as I pulled up, a gentleman came out of a car to tell me that he's here to collect my car. And he told me he was from the company that I had the lease, the car, whatever with. And that I needed to drive behind him to the car place to drop off my car. And in my head, I'm like, which probably is super ir irrational thinking about it, but maybe I was about to lose my mind. And here I was thinking, okay, two things. This bake sale is happening and I'm responsible for the cupcakes which are now in the car that I need to drop off. And how am I gonna pick up my child from school? So I remember bawling the whole way to drop off the car. I didn't cry in front of them because that's just not me. But I bawled the whole way. Dropped off the car, gave them the keys. They told me what I needed to pay in order to get back the car. I never have that money. I took a taxi from the place with the cupcakes back to the preschool and then got a drop from somebody. I think we either got a drop back to the house after it was finished or called a taxi. And let me tell you, I was definitely using taxi for a long time um, until um eventually the person that i was with at the time was able to assist me in actually paying off whatever was outstanding to get back the car and i got back the car thank you jesus but that was a very big wake-up call for me um I, I see myself as a very independent person so one i don't like that feeling of having to be dependent on someone else and that's probably why I got to that point where I was trying to figure out how to pay for this thing and not asking for help which I should have so I learned that you know it's okay to ask for help um so my mom like no one knew what was happening that my car was actually taken from me they thought it was at the garage because that's what I told them um, and then I learned that I need to be a little bit more smart with my money and also with how am I how am I billing these clients and when do I collect the money from them and you know what services do I need to add to be able to increase the rates and so it had me thinking more like an entrepreneur and about finding the solutions to the problems before they actually happen so it was a big wake-up call for me and a good learning lesson that won't happen again hopefully let's knock on something and then, um, did I have, why are all of my stories like that car related stories? <laughs> I just remember that when I tried to, so I'm at this point now, sorry, this journey is all over the place, but I'm going to get to, I'm going to get past there. I'm going to take you to personal branding and where I'm and what I'm doing right now. But I remember, um, I'm at this point now where I think I'm making some reasonable money and the same car that i had to give back and i got back was now falling apart and i really needed a new car and i could afford the monthly payments so that was fine and i remember trying to get a car loan from the bank that actually has my business account and has all of my accounts so that they have access to everything they can see the cash flow they can see everything they had asked for all the contracts from our clients so i got all of my contracts to send my clients to send their contracts that has you know that 
were on retainer for the year and that they're re-signing next year. So you could see the revenue that would be coming in to know that I can definitely manage these payments. And I remember after going through that process, getting all the information that um, they declined the loan. And that was another point for me because literally my car was like feeling like ground zero because it was just ricky ticky 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 every day and you're just not sure really it wasn't working yes i just wasn't sure when it would just leave me on the road pretty much and here i am working really hard i'm at a very stable place making good money and i can't get a car loan but my team members if i provide them with pay sips they can get a car loan that was a little insane to me um, it, almost, it really made me start thinking about this whole entrepreneurship journey and maybe this is not what I should be doing. Maybe I need to go and work for Corporate Jamaica, which I've thought about many times. I've applied to work during my PR journey over the 10 years. I've applied to work at Digicel, didn't get the job. I've applied to work at Red Stripe, didn't get the job. My last um, push for corporate was actually a couple years ago where I got approached to apply for PR brand manager Think that's what it was called at J Ren FU Limited. Didn't get the job either. Um, but it's moments like that that you really think, why am I doing this? And maybe I really should just go and work for a company where I'm gonna get a steady salary. And I went back to the dealership where I wanted to get the car and told them what was happening, and they had said, Hey why don't you try this bank? And they gave me someone to speak to. And I provided the same information that I provided my bank. And I was driving my new car within a week and a half. So yes, to this day, I still use that bank because they were so awesome. And I've done other, car, other loans for different things with them. And I've had no issues, so that has been great. Um, but then again, it, it was another wake up call as it relates to just ensuring that um, as it relates to my financials and getting that kind of stuff in order that is in order. So it's a learn. I'm always learning. So I'm going to get to where I had my big, big shift. And my big shift happened in 2017, January 2017. I remember I had decided to spend Christmas in California with my family. My father lives there and my younger brother lives there. And I was in this weird place in my life where I just wasn't very happy with work i wasn't happy with my relationships i just wasn't in a very good place and i just wasn't sure what i wanted to do and i remember my two things happened one i bought shonda rhymes year of yes most amazing book and two my brother made me watch i am not your guru on netflix with tony robbins those two things changed the direction of my life forever one the Year of Yes was just really a great book. Um, it's really Shonda Rhimes speaking about the year she made a decision to just say yes to everything, to the things that scared her the most, um, the things that frightened her, having those conversations that you really don't want to have but you need to have because you know they'll set you free. Um, and just, just going for it, just doing everything that scares you. So that was one, I made a decision that that was going to be my Year of Yes and I was going to face those things that scared me the most like public speaking and applying for programs and stuff like that putting myself out there 
because um, believe it or not I'm in PR but I'm in PR also because I get to be behind the scenes and I'm not the one that's really in front of the camera I can definitely show a client what to do and what they should say um, but I'm not that person that's gonna stand up in front of an audience and speak that wasn't me at all um, it's still something I'm learning and the I'm not you guru with Tony Robbins just really spoke a lot about your mindset and how we really are in control of our reality and what we do and anything we put our minds to we can actually do it so I made a couple decisions after those two experiences one I knew I wanted to go to a Tony Robbins conference I went to my first one which was unleash the power within walked on fire like hot burning coals which was also just a reminder that it's your mind you know you can tell your mind to do anything and you can do it um so that was really great really empowering daniel terlong went with me to that um but i started you know as the book said i started saying yes to the things that i wasn't comfortable with so i said yes to applying to vital voices which is a program for female entrepreneurs around the world and once you're accepted into that year-long program you also get to be a part of a one-week training session in Ireland with all these other women but the application form was so daunting and then for me in the back of my head I've always thought that oh my god I'm not good enough because I don't have my degree I still don't have a degree even though this is not what I'm what I'm doing I'm practicing I still don't have this thing to um, verify or validate my value so I was always wary of completing stuff like that. Plus, you have to like put financial information. You know, that's not my thing. So it was just a lot. So I remember, I think it was two days before the application was due. And I had started and saved the draft. And then I got an email reminder saying, you have two days to complete the application. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I did it. And I ended up being the only entrepreneur from the Caribbean that actually got accepted into the program. And the program had 45 women from around the world. So that happened, which was awesome. And I went to Ireland and then I ended up spending my birthday in Paris because I mean, they were already paying for the trip. So I just changed some of the dates. So I could like do these things. Then I applied for Scotiabank Vision Achievers. As I said, I don't apply for these things because I'm putting myself in the spotlight and I have to present my brand and my company and but I knew I needed this stuff. I knew I needed my company to grow and I know I could learn so much from a program like that. I mean that's it's called vision achievers and my vision is big. So like um Vital Voices, I applied late. I actually applied after the deadline. On purpose because I was like okay I'm gonna apply but I'm gonna send it in after the deadline so I definitely won't get selected but I can feel good telling myself that I applied anyway and I applied and I think two days later I got a call to say or an email to say that I've been shortlisted and now I needed to do a pitch to an audience about my business and why I should be a part of the program. So that was my first time actually presenting Garrett Communications really in its entirety and basically telling them why they should pick me, which is weird. 
Um, I remember my armpits were sweating like crazy and I was so uncomfortable and I'm one of those people that when I speak I when I'm finished it's almost like an out-of-body experience I'm like did I make sense like what was I saying you just think everything sounds fool that was me and so I was very surprised when I got the call back to say that I'm one of the 25 and I'm in the program that program also changed my life um, and I'll speak about that in a minute because then the next thing was that I knew that I really wanted to be able to use whatever platform I have to in impact and inspire. And I remember writing down, so I like to write things down. I'm always writing things down. I have lots of books. I always have different books around me. I mean, these are three books that are just, these are just books that are just right here. Notebooks, journals, I write in everything. Oh my god did i just hold up like a dandelion maybe but they're just things on my bed and on well in my office pouch thing and um oh my god i just totally lost my train of thought oh so i was writing one night how i wanted to one day write a book about my journey and I wanted to be able to inspire others with my journey because when we did Vision Achievers, they asked us to come up with our driving force and that's what I put for my driving force, to inspire others with my journey. So I wanted to write a book one day that would speak to that. And I remember waking up at like five o'clock in the morning to check, and you know the first thing you need is check your phone, which you really shouldn't. And there in my phone is an email from Cortia Bingham and the subject is to a woman that inspires. And I was like, oh my God. And I scanned through the email and it's asking me to speak at We Inspire Women. And I was like, I said yes quickly because I knew that if I thought about it, I would say no because I'm terrified of public speaking. And so I didn't want to think about it because I'm in my year of yes. So I said yes and closed the email. And then I woke up and I read the email and saw that I had responded that I'm delighted to attend and speak at this event. So this was like in May. So let me tell you, from May, the event is in August. May, June, July, August, I was stressed out about speaking at this event. What am I gonna talk about? I'm not a public speaker. What if they don't like me? What if no one cares about what I have to say? What if my armpits start sweating while I'm on the stage? Am I gonna have a slideshow? Do I have a power song? And so I remember for that event, I wrote, cause I, I like to write, as I said earlier. And I wrote about my journey. And I think I'm the only speaker that went up there with actually written like, essay type of thing because that's the kind of person I am I can't I can't I'm not really good reading from slides or I mean that just first of all I'm not a speaker so I needed to be guided with my point with my story not bullet points like literally read what was in my brain and again you're on this platform and you the room is super quiet which I'm now hearing that means that people are actually listening to you, but it's still, I, I just, I don't, I don't like it. The room is super quiet. 
everyone's staring at you you don't know if they're staring at you because maybe something's hanging out your nose or if they're just like when is she gonna be finished or what and i did my thing came off again out of body experience it's like what was i just saying but when i was finished speaking the amount of women that were waiting to speak to me to tell me thank you for sharing my story or how it resonated with them or this is me this is my journey too that in that moment i'm gonna lean back a little bit now because i'm feeling so tired but in that moment that's when i realized that i have something to say and people can be inspired my story and by my story maybe my story is not a story of tragedy but it's an experience and it's an experience that can help others and the way i am now is that if i can impact or inspire even one person when i speak that's why i do it so it's not because i mean i do love to talk but i like to talk to my friends and i like talking small groups i still get nervous when i speak at events um but i'm confident in what the message that i'm trying to deliver and i know that at least one person will leave feeling inspired or impacted in a positive way and that's really why i do it now um or i'm getting more comfortable doing it armpits still sweat all the time so i try to wear like a jacket or a long sleeve shirt just in case because um, it's still nerve-wracking for me no matter how small or how big the audience it's still not something i'm completely comfortable with but i'm getting there um so back to scotiabank vision achievers so I did Scotia about Vision Achievers and we had a session where our coach, Marcia Wunchoy, was saying that, you know, she was talking about just making, um, what do you call it? Well, we call it nocturnal passive income, right? But we call it nocturnal income, money in your sleep. And, you know, she thought about, she's like, you know, like doing things like, you know, writing a book. And I was like, oh, ding, ding, ding. I'm going to write a book about PR and storytelling because that's what I thought I should write about at the time. Started kind of playing around with like an outline, but I just wasn't excited about it and I wasn't really inspired by it. I was like, who's going to buy this book anyway? It's just going to be the students from Caramac. Nobody's going to be interested. And then I don't know if I was watching Tony Robbins or what I was watching and it spoke about creating something from your experience that can actually help someone else bring value to somebody else what have you done that's going to bring value and i started thinking about again my journey and just some of the things that i did um to get to the point that i am today and personal branding just popped in my head like i was like what are some of the steps that i took to be here and people talk about getting a brain dump or a brain download and for me it was like it was like three something in the morning and I just woke up and I was like I need to write a book about personal branding and I started just reaching for any kind of paper that I could find and I started writing these eight steps to personal branding and I remember walking to the office the following morning and telling my team hey guys I'm writing this book and I think I'm almost finished of course I thought I was crazy um, but the book was launched last year March PRG's guide eight steps building your personal brand workbook as well as the mini guide or book 
um, and we're now in October 2019 and I think I've sold over 2,000 workbooks and coming from that workbook I've had so many amazing opportunities to meet really really great people um, I've started personal branding coaching I am now an official international speaker on personal branding I've spoken in London and I've spoken in Atlanta um, and I speak at different events I host workshops I do workshops for companies and there's so much more that I plan to do um, with this personal branding platform why do I do it because it fulfills my driving force which is to impact and inspire and as much as I enjoy PR I really love personal branding and helping individuals to get clarity on who they are and understanding their value and how they communicate it with others I went to a conference recently and I started thinking about what's my thing what's my what do I do and I honestly think that I have a gift to see in others what they do not see in themselves and to show them how they can use this unique value that they have and to communicate it to the rest of the world and to create a career out of what they do best and so the fulfillment that I get when I walk away from an event or from a coaching session or at the end of a workshop and then I see people who I don't know and they've told me that they've bought the workbook and they did the steps and this is what has happened. I get so much joy and fulfillment from that knowing that I am literally having a positive impact in someone's life and that's why I continue to do it and there's so much more that I want to do in that space and that's what I'm working on now. And so I just think that we all have these awesome stories with our journeys um, you know the good things and the bad things and I mean there's so much more to my story and I'm sure over time and with this platform of this podcast I'll share more things and I'll ask the audience you know what do you want to know about me what would you like me to share so I am sharing relevant information it'll be interesting to listen back to this podcast because I'm sure it's all over the place um, but I wanted to start and I wanted to start with my journey and hopefully at the end of this podcast somebody will leave feeling inspired I've been inspired by so many different individuals I'm inspired by the books that I read podcasts that I listen to books that I listen to on audible and I just want others to feel inspired I want others to have an outlet where they can hear the stories of others and to know that no one just arrived you know we all have our stories to tell we all have different struggles that we may have been through or that we had to overcome still overcoming now I'm still learning and growing every day um, but I'm grateful for this opportunity to be able to share and to share the stories of others and I really hope that through this platform and through this podcast impact and inspire PR chicks podcast that you will leave feeling impacted and inspired to really step out and to be intentional about your greatness
thank you so much for listening um hope it wasn't too long i'm really excited about our next guest and i'm excited about all the guests that we have in store and if you liked this podcast or if you love this podcast or if you think this is something that someone else should listen to share the link like the podcast subscribe give me a rating right it's a new journey for me so i need the help of my community to spread the word so that more people like yourself can be impacted and inspired in a very positive way so thank you so much for listening this is a long podcast i'm looking at the timer it says one hour and three minutes so if you stayed through the entire thing god bless you um and i hope you were impacted and inspired today thank you so much okay this is the off button